Hi everyone, you're listening to Evolution Exchange Podcast APEC, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in APEC region. I am Danielle, Senior Consultant in Evolution Recruitment Solutions, and I help connect business with tech talent. And today, I am your host. Uh, on today's podcast, we will be discussing the topic on how to develop your career in the fintech space. And I'm delighted to be joined by two senior thought leaders within this fintech space. So this is Nuno and Renaditya. Um, to start with, it would be great if we could kind of um, start with some introductions. Um, telling me about yourself, about a company you work with, you know, anything you want to say, actually. So why don't we start with you, Nuno? Sure. Thanks, Danielle. It's delighted to be here. Thanks for having me on. Um, so I'm Nuno Jone. I am a, a senior product manager for a long time already. I've been about 17 years in product management, and I'm currently the global head of product and tech at uh, Finlink, um, a, uh, a fintech company, obviously, uh, that helps to connect uh, enterprise systems to uh, bank APIs. So we're very corporate focused in terms of allowing connectivity between um, um, accounting systems, but not only that, but also initiating payments and allowing real-time connectivity to corporate banking APIs across the globe using a stateless multi-bank API aggregator. Okay, and what about you, Renatitia? Hey, uh, thanks, Daniel. Um, Good to be here, good to be talking to you and Nuno. so I'm I'm Rana Ditya, Rana for short. If you find my name a little longer, uh, and uh, I've been with uh, with the with working for about as much time as Nuno has, maybe a year lesser in terms of sixteen to seventeen years. Uh, but I work for Neom. Uh, Neom is a special is is a global payments infrastructure provider. We are an API first company which provides APIs for doing payouts, doing pay-ins. Uh, doing the cards issuance, FX to a variety of businesses, be it a bank, be it a platform, be it payment providers, or even businesses of all sizes. Uh, and uh, with Neom, I essentially lead our platform product, uh, which essentially comprises of our entire core set of capabilities. So when you think about Neom sending money from uh, for any kind of customer from US to Singapore, uh, the way the money moves and the way it makes the experience get shaped is what my team delivers. Uh, over the years, I've worked with banks, uh, with uh, global money transfer companies, uh, with uh, lending fintech, and then this is my last, uh, the latest stint. All right, yeah, again, great to have you guys on the call. Thank you for joining me. Um, and we will just jump into the first question. So, I mean, working in recruitment for a while, so we are basically a tech-focused recruitment space. Um, we, we realize, that, I mean, majority, 50% or more of our clients are mostly fintech. So, um, I mean, what would you guys advise, you know, graduates to prepare for a career in this industry? Um, Maybe we can start with uh, you, Nuno. <laughs> I'll, I'll just go, sorry, Rana, didn't, didn't mean to steal your thunder, but I think when you're when you're just starting out and, and you're a recent graduate and you're looking to break into uh, product management in product management in fintech especially, you can't really rely too much on your um, you know experience with the industry. Um, so you know really what I look for when I'm looking for a junior staff in, in product is really the the softer skills. You know the the ability that the person has to express um, you know, their thoughts. So communication, of course, ranks super high. Um, associated with that is also empathy, so the ability for them to put themselves in other people's shoes. And then 
something that perhaps gets overlooked, um, um, I'd love to hear Rana's thoughts as well, is you know the ability to be diplomatic, to apply diplomacy, because as product managers, a large part of our time is not spent, you know, just sort of dreaming up what customers want. It's also spent in mediating between different groups in in a in a project or in a product de- development. And there are many many groups to to mediate between. And I've, I my my experience has been that diplomacy really is a, a key skill required. And so these are all things that I, I look for at least the, the the seeds the embryos. In a, in a fresh graduate. And of course, there's no replacement for, for passion and curiosity. You, you can't really teach those things. Everything else I think uh, a person will grow into, whether it's in fit tank or any other uh, aspect of product management. But these core soft skills, I think, are, are the, the main things that uh, are, are essential for a, a fresh graduate to express um, when they're going for their first few job interviews. Okay, and, and Randy, did you support what he says or anything to say? Oh, absolutely. Well? I mean, uh, uh, irrespective of the industry, right? Fresh graduates are, are like a breath of fresh air. Uh, love love people who are coming in fresh out of colleges, bubbling with ideas. Uh, so I would go with Nuno and then actually put passion and curiosity at the front, forefront of it. Because uh, as product managers, right? I mean, what do we do? We try and ask a lot of questions of a lot of people. We try and understand actually the problem at the core problem that we want to solve. And then we get into analyzing that problem and break it down into smaller problems or smaller aspects of the problem. And then we start solving for it, right? When a fresher joins a company, you do not expect them to come up with the solution right at the start. I mean, because that's not what they're going to do. But what you do expect them to is to actually start asking the questions, start empathizing with the customer, start doing a lot more analysis, right? Uh, so that is where I start with uh, their their and the curiosity or how can they ask questions, give them any problem under the world and ask them saying, hey, how would you solve it? And the first thing you see is what questions that that person start asking you. Uh, that's that's probably the best thing to do. Uh, the second is you give them anything and how deep can they go and analyze something, right? Uh, and and I remember my fresher days. I mean, we used to be given problems in mathematics and said, solve this, right? Uh, it wasn't really about solving the problem. It was about how you're approaching it. Uh, so I think that's what we would look at at a fresher, uh, but nothing beats passion from a, from a fresher, really. Uh, I think stakeholder management, or, or as Nuno put in diplomacy, is, is going to be a core part of our jobs. Uh, it's something that, in my belief, you know, we can we can also start grooming people on that. Uh, but uh, otherwise, I completely agree. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's, that's, that's really great input from both of you. I mean, also another trend that I've been seeing is that a lot of people are actually moving in from another, another industry and they're all interested in fintech. Do you think there's like any challenges that, you know, might pop out in that situation? Where they've really been a product manager for a while now, you know, in a sort of maybe e-commerce, you know, or they're doing health tech and they're moving into fintech. What are the challenges you think that they will face in this scenario? Um, maybe we can start with you, Ranantitia. Sure. Uh, no, so I, I think uh, there are two kinds of product managers that we've, we've generally seen in fintech. Uh, one is the technical and core product manager who actually starts designing the solutions, who start designing the flows, who thinks about how money flows. You'd probably be better off looking at with some coming with some background and understanding of how payments happen, how technology systems work. Uh, if it's a very core, uh, so that I would probably look at somebody if they're trying to get in a role like that. 
they first try and get in a junior positions, try and understand a little more and then get into such roles. From a customer front, for, for front role perspective, right, a customer product role perspective, um, as long as anybody has dealt with users and customers and, and has uh, followed the process of customer discovery, product discovery, it really doesn't matter what industry they are coming from. Uh, the only slight difference comes in when you're talking about are you a B2B company or a B2C company? Because a lot of people who have dealt with individual customers are not really quick to adapt to a business customer scenario. Uh, but again, as I said, it's a slight difference. You, you can always, if you are able to think users and customers, it's nothing, uh, nothing to worry about. Okay, and what, what do yeah. you think about this? You know, I, I, I like what Rana mentioned because I was going to say something very similar. I mean, the first difference is in my, my, my way of looking at it is whether you're an inbound product manager, which tends to be a lot more technical, or an outbound product manager, which tends to be a little bit more salesy, for, 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 for lack of a better term. But um, I, I think fundamentally, if you already have the experience in being a product manager or a business analyst in a different industry, the, the, the nuts and bolts of the job aren't very different in fintech. It's, it, you know, the domain is different, but um, it's a very wide domain as well. So you know, fintech has become so diverse. You have everything from, you know, the, the, the distributed ledger and distributed finance stuff, which is, you know, all the rage to all the way to companies who are trying to help uh, legacy uh, problems move to the digital age. And so th there's a lot of spectrum in there. And some of these problems are as old as, you know, as old as the Bible almost. And, um, you know, it, 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 it's always happening in, in different industries and fi finance and fintech in general will, will be just slightly variations on the same theme so i think there's a lot of of transferable knowledge if you already come from a product management background where it gets trickier though is you know <clears throat> I, I think rana and i are in a very unique position because we, we deal with a lot of um core knowledge of either on the industry side you know the, the specifics around payments you know and how domestic payments are different from cross-border payments and how you know dealing with a wallet is different from dealing with a credit card for example from from a from a, a business process perspective and then you have the technology aspect where it's all very much api driven that's that's you know the new three letter word that the world loves but doesn't understand and so you know if it, if you already come from an api um relevant job of which there are many that are not in fintech then that might be a reasonable transferable um, knowledge that you can bring into the fintech you're looking to work for and and uh, again if you happen to have worked with some other you know let's call them uh, older legacy financial institution like a bank or or a credit card company and you have some awareness of how the technology supports all these processes you know your ability to uh, uh, develop new ideas and new projects in in that area of course will be valuable Okay, yeah, yeah, that's super interesting. I mean, the next question actually is more directed to you, Nuno, because I feel that uh, you, I think for Rana, you started, you kind of did your whole entire career in the fintech space or finance space. But I know, Nuno, you started out not in that space, right? So in that sense, do you, think, yeah. <laughs> do you think building fintech products differ from building other products? Is there like a difference, you know, the way of approaching it? So I, I'll relate back to something we said earlier and the difference between being an inbound or a technical product manager mm -hmm. and an outbound uh, product manager. And so I came from an engineering background. So I was a developer many, 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 many months ago. And so it was easier for me to sort of move from being an engineer, uh, a systems analyst into a business analyst and from a business analyst to be a product manager. But even then, 
um, a technical product manager. And so, like I said earlier, there's a lot of variations and a lot of things that look different, but they're just slightly different veneers on top of the same problem. And if you have been paying attention, then those are, you know, things that you get used to and you actually get very good at dealing with them and figuring out how to break them down and how to resolve those kinds of problems and how to make best solutions for whatever problem domain you're working on. Over time, you should build some industry uh, depth because the technical aspect, you know, is kind of like a horizontal layer of product management skill set. Then you have to have the vertical layer, which is you know, your, your actual industry uh, and knowledge. And so I, I took a very specific decision early in my career to sort of focus on the horizontal aspects <clears throat> and, and not too much on the vertical aspects. And so I've done anything from logistics to banking to fintech to ad tech. Even uh, I even spent some time doing mobile devices. So it's, it's really um, um, important to identify those transferable skills uh, uh, on the horizontal aspect of this. You know, product management is, after all, its own discipline and it's the same everywhere you go. What you're working on might be different, um, but you'll find that a lot of times um, there's a lot of common logistics problems that you just see over and over again. Yeah, 100% agree with that, actually. So, I mean, speak, I speak to product managers every day, and I feel like besides the industry knowledge they have, most of the skill sets are quite transferable. Um, yeah, I mean, both of you, I mean, you have been in this industry for pretty long. So, I mean, I know you guys are devil in cards, you know, cross-border payments, you guys do, you know, lending products. So, I mean, what do you guys think are the emerging trends for 2022 in this space? Maybe we can start with you, Rana. Uh, um, uh, there, there are a lot of emerging trends, Daniel. Um, of course, uh, the more evident ones are around the, the, the distributed ledger technology and how that gets it, that's getting used. Um, but uh, there, there's a lot of emerging trends in terms of how people are actually building experiences where finance is embedded within the experience. Uh, and that is where providers like Neom uh, actually come in, where we actually are not the forefront of it. But you go to an invoice management platform or you go to a even if you go to the Googles and the Facebooks of the world, everybody is looking at embedding a fin fintechs or a payment experience within that, right? Uh, and, and there are statements around saying everybody will become a fintech uh, because they can embed payments within their flows. Uh, so I think that these are these are the two biggest trends that I would look at emerging um, and, and uh, hopefully here to stay, uh, not fads, just good trends to them. Yeah, Nino, do you agree with this? I do, I do, because I'm 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 seeing the same thing. So you know what what we're seeing is you know the the consumer finance space has become so commoditized. Every single one of us is so used to just pulling out their phones and loading an app, and you know you have your balances and you can do payments and you can you know you you can do instant payments, real time payments. You know and this this has become you know, um, almost second nature and people don't even think about it anymore. But you'd be amazed at, you know, how many non-consumer, non-individual, but so corporate entities, companies that are still stuck in the 1980s, you know, in terms of how they deal with their finance. And so th th these are enormous opportunities in, 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 and I think the pandemic has also sort of exaggerated or exacerbated the, the awareness of how old school this is and has accelerated a lot of digitization. And so we, I know it doesn't sound as sexy as blockchain, but the, um, the, 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 the progress, the, the amount of progression I've seen in two years for companies that are trying to get 
all of their finance streams as digital as possible, as real time as possible, as opposed to you know using batch files and you know all of these sort of um, um, very old mechanisms to communicate data between themselves, between themselves and the bank, um, and and other financial parties. This is something that um, you know is 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 really taking on a lot of steam, and and you know I'm I'm, I'm that's the reason I I love working at FinLink because we're helping to accelerate that. Um, and 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 helping to move that along, uh, I, I think Rana has uh, uh, also a, a great position because I think the, the as the world is getting constantly, consistently more globalized, moving money around from one end of the globe to the other end of the globe continues to be a tricky problem. And you know, there's there's companies like Neum who who devote themselves to making that more uh, straightforward, so that corporates and other service providers can make all of this a a uh, um, you know, a, won't, you won't give it a second thought. It just happens just the same way you can do a Google search or, or, or download a, a Netflix movie. So uh, what I really wanted to say is, is that it, it doesn't have to, the most exciting parts of fintech aren't necessarily the ones that you always read about and that seem to be, you know, trying to apply massive disruption to the field. Those are important. Innovation will always be important. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the only exciting thing going on. There's there's a lot of other problems to solve in fintech, and and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there with the with the skill sets and the desire to solve them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the reality of it. I mean, I mean, speaking to product people all day, a lot of people when I ask like, it's the industry that you're more keen on. I mean, eighty percent of them say fintech. So the last question is actually directed to you guys. I knew Finling, they're great companies to work for. I'm sure both of you have done a lot of hiring, you know, interviewing as well as talking to a lot of product people. What do you guys find, I mean, individuals that made them stand out from other product managers? Or what, you know, challenges do you face when you do hiring? You know, what, what do you not like? What do you like about the individuals that come in to speak to you? Um, Rana? So I I think I mean I'm I'm used to Again, looking at everybody from the with a with a little bit of a uniqueness uh, from a person's perspective, because every person is unique. Uh, though there are some standard things that you would look like, and then I think Nuno's all has has stolen the show by saying those things right at the start, saying customer empathy, curiosity, passion. Uh, those those never those never go out. Uh, with respect to uh, again, uh, I I divide it into two parts of it. One is the technical. Uh, the more technical product manager. Uh, I would love that person to be able to think flows, think how systems are architected, even they do not come up with solutions. Uh, they understand how technology systems work, how the actual money movement in this world work. Uh, I wouldn't expect any uh, product, technical product manager or a backend product manager or an inbound product manager, as known to call, to uh, not know what a Swift system is and then come and work in the payment system. Because that's if you don't know what you're trying to disrupt, you don't know how to, what you're trying to build, right? Uh, so that that would be a little bit of an expertise that I would look at when it's top for a technical product manager, uh, because they actually are the builders here. Uh, on the front side, on the front facing side, uh, as I said, because Neom is a B2B uh, service provider, and we are not looking at, uh, we do have, of course, our Instagram brand, which are these are direct to customer brand. Uh, but that is a different business. For our business, we uh, typically would look at somebody who can understand how customers interact with you through APIs. Uh, how would they, how, if you think about customers, what kind of customers are you looking at? What are their problems? 
and the problems do not need to be just about the payments itself but it's also about how are the problems related to if they want to integrate with you or do they want a new UI? what would their finance person want to look at what would their operations person want to look at so there are different aspects to the problems that they should understand uh, if somebody can understand these kind of problems uh, when it comes to a b2b business i think that would be a good fit for our industry uh, and uh, let me tell you even if it's not payments even if it's b2b in any other industry uh, it's it's typically these are the kind of things that you would expect product managers to know about to figure out uh, and then solve for customers requirements and you know yeah yeah i i i i fully agree with with rana and and i i think i'll go a little sort of like a, a, at a meta stage of this because i i, I think one of the large problems I've seen as I've been uh, going to the market and trying to find suitable candidates is this um, inability or perceived inability, at least from my side, for candidates to position themselves as either a technical product manager or a client facing product manager. And this this uh, creates a lot of frustration uh, throughout the interview process when this calibration doesn't occur. And Danielle, you, you and your you and your colleagues have a, a part to play in this as well. And so, you know, when when you're looking for, you know, for example, a product manager for a an API aggregator type of product, it should stand to reason that the kind of person that you're going to talk to needs to be a little bit more technical. But after, because after all, you know, a, API and integrator almost says it right in the name. So, um, you know, and, and, and then you get a lot of people who have, you know, one day heard of an API and they happen to have that in their resume and therefore it sounds like they're um suitable so it is very important as a candidate to be very uh, straightforward and honest about either your both your current um capabilities you know the things that you've actually done as much as you know what are the things that you're willing to do because i will not disqualify somebody who hasn't had any api experience but can, can actually demonstrate to me that they have a, a lot of curiosity and a lot of interest in that space you know, uh, in, in, in whatever shape or form they can do that. So I think um, I won't have much more to add on top of Rana said, except for that calibration part on behalf of the candidate. Try to uh, understand and please do ask questions if you don't understand at the beginning of an interview, like, you know, is this more of a client facing, customer facing? Is this more business, is this more B2B or corporate or is it more B2B, you know, is it consumer facing? Or is it more technical? And from there, I think you know very quickly you can save your own time as well as potentially the recruiter's time in understanding where the calibration is at. Yeah, yeah, both. Are, I think that's actually super interesting. I think any person who listens to this, especially candidates who are applying for fintech, will find it super helpful in their interviews. I mean, unfortunately, this is also our last question. Uh, I mean, it's been a pleasure speaking to both of you. I mean, thank you for both for joining us, and thank you everyone for listening. I have a great day, everyone, and a great weekend.